So we're at a school, right? And this teacher is asking little Johnny, he's like in second grade, he says, Johnny, if I, and he's doing math, if I gave you two cats and then I gave you another two cats, how many cats would you have? And Johnny says, five. And the, the, the teacher is just very frustrated. Now, come on, we, we talked about this. I mean, I'm surprised. Um, listen, uh, again, two cats. I give you two cats, and then I give you another two cats. And this time she's holding up two fingers and another two fingers to basically give him the answer, right? And then, you know, what's the answer, Johnny? And he says, again, five. And she goes, okay, let me backtrack this. Pretend I'm giving I'm giving you two cats now. Then I give you another. And this goes on and on for like ten minutes. It's long, and the kid is so insistent. It's five, and then finally, she's so frustrated. She goes, "Why can't you understand that if I give you two cats and another two cats, that you have only four cats?" And, and he says, "Because I already have one, <laughs> right? And he already has a cat at home, so." So she's given it four plus his one. It's five, right? Big misunderstanding, right? So it's, it's a cute joke because it, it dovetails beautifully into what we want to talk about today. And it's, first of all, how to fight the left, the, the liberals on the left that are whole liberal arguments, and then how they actually talk and how they actually argue. And then finally, um, that they know nothing about their arguments and they still proceed. Okay, and I'll explain what that means in a moment. But first of all, I love talking about how to fight them. And Ari's going to talk a little bit about this today because he said it so eloquently that I think I'd actually let, let, like to give him a little bit more of the floor on this one. But it, it dovetails nicely. Why? Because so much of the way liberals argue and they're so vociferous, like this teacher was, right? She was so angry and adamant about it and she's missing a very key fact and, and that's that johnny already has a cat right and all the assumptions that we make before there's a pre-existing feline in the equation yeah exactly that's exactly the way i would put it feline what is this ridiculous wording it's like such a i can't work under these conditions all right <laughs> just get on with your your montage your your mantra your meme uh about how to fight the, the far left. Do you do we talk to them in a reasonable exchange? Uh, what, what do you think? Well, the, the first paradigm that I think needs to be altered is the idea that you beat the left or argue with the left on an issue. This issue, that issue, the other issue, taxes, school choice, uh, um, minimum wage, any of these things. You will never convince a liberal who's not as smart as you to see the world the way you see it on an individual issue because they have no relationship to the reality on the issue. Very similar to the teacher you just said that had no context about pre-existing cats that Johnny had at home. So they're always arguing from a place of ignorance. But instead, what you need to do is make them view themselves in relationship to their world around them differently. So, for instance, what I do is if we're talking about school choice or the minimum wage, and we've discussed it a bit on this program before, what I do is I tell them, uh, 
you're obviously not a racist, right? Because only a racist would support schools that do that much damage to minority people. Or you're not a racist, are you? Because only a racist would support abortion laws or plan parenthood, parenthood clinics that engage in a genocide of minority people. Or minimum wage. Which or minimum the, wage yeah. that unemployed. Any of these issues. The point is, I find something that a leftist would despise being, and I frame the whole argument with... with in a way that makes them that thing in relationship to the issue. You, you see, I thought you were going to go into a different way. It's, it, that's far too erudite and, and far too detailed. I thought you were going to say that what you should be doing is is catching them at every single friggin' turn. Oh, I was going to get to that in a minute. Well, then do it already. Okay, well, so that's step one. The second Our listeners step, are impatient, Ari. The, yeah, but they're also smart enough. Get to the enough. point, Ari. They're also smart enough to know this is entertainment, and part of entertainment is <laughs> oh, tension. Oh, this is not entertaining. Tension There's and no build-up. Get to so the point. The, other, the point you are looking for that we discussed um, a minute ago is that, yes, you can't let anything slide. In the Sun Tzu model of battle, you engage the enemy when your forces are strong and their forces are weak. And because we're all conservatives here, our forces in the argument areas are always strong because we have truth on our side. As a result, we can go into any battle at any time, no matter how insignificant the point is, and win. And if you don't confront the left on every little point, no matter how insignificant, every meme, every, um, every premise, every subject, every accusation, they will assume the unanswered accusation must be true, and it will develop a momentum all its own. The perfect example of this is George W. Bush not confronting the whole Bush lied, people died argument in relationship to um, WMDs being in Iraq. Well, if there were no WMDs in Iraq with 2020 hindsight of history, well, where did Syria get them from? Okay. Well, of course, but, it's too obvious. But the point yeah. is, Bush rose above emotionally and intellectually. He thought the argument was beneath him. He wanted to be a gentleman. He didn't get down in the dirt. And because of that, that little lie was repeated over and over and over until it crushed the Republican Party. The, the, best, uh, the best example of that, um, WMD is a fantastic example, but, it, but it, on a smaller scale but more illustrative, I think, of it is the Norm Coleman, um, Al Franken senatorial race where uh, Al Franken cheated and had all these ballots that, that are in the trunk of a couple of cars, I think maybe one car, and that was enough votes to take it over the top. Uh, and as a consequence, Norman Coleman eventually li- uh, died. Uh, not died. He lost. And the, the problem was that he decided in his own head, listen, these are garbage votes. We'll be able to challenge them later on and just to get, them, get rid of them because no one will buy it. But it became a fact on the ground, and then he he was on the defensive suddenly, and then he found himself conceding only a couple of days later this election to to this this idiot Al Franken. You've got to fight them at every friggin' turn. You cannot let them get in a word edgewise that that is factually untrue. If they say Donald Trump is the 45th president, okay, that's okay. You let that go, okay. But if they say for a moment that the Democrats, for example, are, uh, you know, the party of Lincoln, for example, that they, they, they're carrying on the, the spirit of Lincoln, you jump in there and you fight back and say, that's BS. They are anything but. They are consistently the party of the KKK. That was the military wing of the Democratic Party uh, from the days of old. And uh, although they don't actually engage in actual military KKK behavior, 
they are still doing effectively the same thing on a much larger scale through the media and otherwise. Well, I have to not let that point go. Okay. Did you see Berkeley? Yes. That was military behavior. Yeah. It, it, Did you it see realized. the streets of Washington, D.C. And not, on, inaugural, on the Inauguration Day Kristallnacht? Yeah, the plate and, glass window shattered. And not only that, did you and did you see also to add to your point? Did you see how uh, the Democratic Party uh, engaged and actually hired thugs to create thuggery in Trump rallies during the election? Yes. So it, you're right. It's it's they they don't burn crosses. Let's put it that way. We'll give them that. No, they just burn people. That's but right. Not Other crosses. than that, it's it's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a great political cartoon where you see this um, Berkeley protester and he's got a sign. Uh, and he's using the sign to smash this this uh, conservative to the ground, to a pulp on the ground. And the sign, of course, says tolerance, <laughs> right? That's right. And that's exactly what they'll, they'll, they'll shove the tolerance right up your, you know what. This is the way they operate. And, uh, and it's always been this way. And they will try to shove it down your throat the same way verbally as well. And they'll say... How can you stand Trump and how can you let a, you know, this man who speaks the way about women um, as he did to be your president and he's and uh, and how can you vote for him? How can you vote for him? How can you vote for him when when the, the exact reverse should be the case? Uh, Ari, you did a fantastic Facebook live um, interview with two ACLU women, I think, that were kind of uh, passing out pamphlets on the corner somewhere in Beverly they were Hills? Gather, they were trying to gather signatures to fight Trump's bigotry. Ah, yes, yeah. but of course. So, um, and, and then you engaged them, and it was great. It, it, and you did a fantastic job of that. And what you did is you gave them no quarter. Every time they opened up their mouths, you shot them down. You did not let them finish a sentence. And you know what? Uh, it, it doesn't sound like it, it's very erudite or um, polite, but you know what? That's what has to be done with these, these jerks. At the end of the day, they are engaging in fascistic ways of arguing with us. Yes, that's right, fascistic. Uh, They'll try to shut you down. So you have to shut them down. Unfortunately, logic doesn't work with them. And that's the second part of our podcast today. It doesn't work. They They only scream their positions but they never explain their positions, never understand why, you know, why they argue their positions in the first place. So you've got to challenge them, got to, got to invert their own positions against them uh, like, uh, like a kung fu master. Right. Use their you own energy to, against them. Yeah, you have to beat them to the punch and get and establish the point of initiative in an argument before they have a chance to establish their beachhead in the argument. That's because right. once they do, it's, you know, uh, if you say something, so what do you think of an issue? Boom, you're done. Right. You have to go in with an, a declarative accusation against them. You are racist because... Boom. Right. Minimum wage, racist policy, school, fighting school choice, supporting those teachers union. That hates children. Boom. You right. want high taxes. Boom. You're stealing for people. You're supporting abortion. You're a genocidalist. You're a, you're a, you're a eugenicist who wants people in death camps. Right. And most of them are minorities. How, how, does, how do you square that circle, you're racist? Right. Prove to me you're not a racist. That's right. Oh, I love it. That's exactly the way you handled it, and, uh, and that's exactly and the way— And was perfectly polite, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't know if you were polite, uh, but nevertheless, you were, you know, you, you were really kind of focusing on it. And, and you showed, you, you know, you actually showed moral high ground. And that's the way it should be. Look, let, let's forget about these, these women of the ACLU just for, for a moment, and we'll come back to them. Supposing you encountered uh, two people that on the streets, uh, Beverly Hills for that matter, that are talking about, we need to slaughter all Jews, we need to, sl- and, and at the same time, all black people and, and also all gay people and such like that. You would be right in, in, to say, 
That is monstrous. What you, you guys are monsters. You are evil. You don't deserve to breathe the same air that I'm breathing. Get the frig out of, out of my sight, right? You'd be okay with that, right? But when it's, when it's two, you know, nice, reasonably nice looking ladies that are, are talking and they're saying we're against bigotry, but, and, and with their actual, what they're actually supporting is in fact fascistic. You need to do the same thing. You, and that's exactly what you did. I saw it. It was fantastic. And you need to say to them, listen, you think that you're supporting women. You are actually a, a horrible example of this. You are doing evil things. And, and it's worse yet because you're masquerading as if you're doing good things. At least the KKK member, at least he, he's brave enough to say what he actually wants, as evil as it is. And we fight him. But you, you pretend that you're doing good things. Yeah. The other thing you do in an interesting jujitsu move is you take their side. I don't mean their position. You reposition them in the world around the world of their arguments. You put their arguments in orbit around them in a different way. So I'm not going to say what I said to the woman on the air here, but uh, there's a certain practice Muslims do to women. And I said to her, you like to keep that, you like that part of your body, right? Well, of course, she had to answer yes. Well, Muslims want to take that away. Why are you on their side? Right. Right. Don't and, you know and, what Muslims yeah. do to women? How can you defend that? You're better than and that. And to be clear, because I don't think it's clear, uh, Ari's talking about female genital mutilation. It's sometimes called FGM. And, uh, and, and horribly, uh, it is too much of a custom, not in every Arab village, but too many Arab villages, Muslim villages, and, and also in Africa, where they literally have a ceremony where they cut off a, a girl's clitoris. Uh, in order to deprive them of any sexual uh, orgasmic pleasure, uh, you know, one day when they are eligible for sex and they, they lose their virginity and, and get married and such, because that would be too much work for the man, you understand. That's the reason why. And their logic is crazy, and, uh, and I, it's so monstrous. And, but there's, and, there's, no wor- there's no explanation for this. They, they don't, there's no fight against this. You say it over and over again, and, you, and God bless you for saying it to them. Because I don't think these women knew for a second that this is what's happening. No, and I think it's very... They, they think that, that women in America are treated worse than women in the Arab world. Right, and that's another important point in how I played the game here, is I'm taking their side and said, you wouldn't want this happening to you. I'm defending women in those countries. And I'm defending women here who will be subject to that. And I didn't have a chance to get into rapes and right, beatings right. and honor yeah, yeah. killings, because I, I think FGM is enough of a horrifying sure. starting point. It basically begins and ends the whole argument, because it's such an overwhelming win. It's a rout. Right. But the fact is is that as Muslims from those parts of the world come to the Western world, female genital mutilation cases skyrocket. Right. They're up 40% in Germany. Right. They're up 70% in parts of France. They're up 30% in America. Here's this a, monstrous yeah, activity yeah, yeah. is going on in our country. Yeah. And we have a president willing to put a bulwark against a certain group of people who are more um, uh, likely than not to engage in this activity. And these two people from the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, civil liberties, ironic, yeah, whatever that are, means. Are, are actively campaigning to put women's bodies in danger. Yeah. Here's and, a, and one more point. As, yeah. as a father of two young girls who are the age that that would happen to them if they were in those countries, oh. I look at this with so much righteous indignation and rage. And that's, I'm, I'm that, fighting for them. That's, that's the phrase I want to use. You need to speak with righteous indignation. 
That's, it, there, there are times to speak with righteous indignation, and there are times not to. So, for example, uh, if you're having a theological debate uh, between, uh, you know, two different Christians, or for that matter, you know, Catholic and a Christian, uh, versus, uh, let's say, a, or, or a Christian and a Jew, or theological debates, or a Mormon for that matter, you don't want to get righteous, okay? It's, it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, you don't want to argue theology. It, you know, you, you want to argue actions. But, there, but barring that, you do want to be righteous. When it comes to abortion, when it comes to uh, minimum wage, when it comes to all the, the policy issues that we ju- were just talking about. And you want, you want to jump on them. And I mean it. You, you really want to jump on them and say, how dare you? Here you are, these, these women that you're talking about. You're for women's rights, aren't you? Yes. Why, are the, why the frig are you wasting time talking about some perceived bigotry of Donald Trump when, when the world is on fire uh, with what with, with Islam is doing, especially toward women itself? Right? You're so hot to trot about a, a statement that, that Trump said uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, in a private conversation, and, and there's, there's a female genital mutilation going on, and you don't give a crap about that. Why aren't you out there fighting for women? Because I am. What's the matter with you? Why are you wasting your time here? That's, that's the righteous indignation that, with which we need to speak and to jump on them and to at least educate them with our righteous indignation because they can't get upset about that. What are they going to say? They're going to say, no, that doesn't happen? No, Muslims are fantastic, or rather, radical Islam is fantastic. Or Christians when it comes do to the it? same thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. God forbid. <laughs> that, that, of course, that doesn't happen. And, and what are they going to say? It's, it's, and, and if they do, then you can just say, you're an idiot. You really need to research this. Because for you to even think that, to put in the same sentence, Christian and radical Islam, you are a moron. Okay? Wake up. Another, and, that, and, and that's yeah. what, but I want to move on. I want to move on because okay. it's an important topic. Um, so the point is, you need to, to give no quarter. Okay? Be righteously indignant when these issues matter. Because I'll tell you, folks, if you don't, then the liberals, as you said, establish a beachhead. And then you have to play in their swimming pool. I don't like it. Okay, you don't. You shouldn't like it. They need to be on the defensive, not us. Yeah. Can I make two? Our uh, issues are two. Fa- are far more critical to the continuing survival of the United States than any of their issues. Yeah. Go ahead. And just two quick issues, uh, little corollaries to this. You talked about, you know, we discussed righteous indignation. The core of righteous indignation is the indignation part, which is an emotion. It's amazing how when you get down in the dirt and you argue in the emotional arena rather than the intellectual arena, while being a conservative who has all the intellectual stuff and firepower on your side, you become invincible. That's true. Because they are, like Alinsky said, you forced your opponent to obey their own rules and you forced your opponent to argue and fight in an area that they're not comfortable in, something that comes outside their comfort zone. They, they're used to Christian conservative little do-gooders who bless you and are really polite and only argue intellectually. They've never dealt with a conservative who goes in there with the emotional synthesis right. with intellect at the same time and hits them with wave after wave of artillery. And then it's focused, too. You don't give them... Uh, the out where they can change subjects uh, along the lines of, well, I support minimum wage and taxes have to be higher. Those are two different issues, not one. You say to them, name one reason why the minimum wage isn't racist. Right. One reason. Right. Give me one reason why black people having higher unemployment due to minimum wage is good. One reason. Give me one reason why a government failing school is worthwhile to, to 
enslave a family in and give them no choice to leave. Right. One reason that's not racist. One reason, not fifty-one. Right, exactly right. Or give me one one policy of the liberals that has that conservatives have opposed that has worked. Right, that's a challenge we have constantly. Really, listeners, please go out and ask your friends. If you're a conservative, ask your friends. Is there one liberal policy that that conservatives have ever opposed, have opposed rather, that has ever worked? And 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 if you're a liberal, please. I beg of you, email me with your information. Info at Lurie-Law.com. I promise you I will read it on this podcast. Okay? Info, I-N-F-O, at Lurie, L-U-R-I-E, hyphen law.com. Okay? Big challenge. Now, uh, this, this dovetails really nicely, by the way, into our next point is about how liberals argue. This is a very interesting point. I got this from a good friend of mine, Moti Gur. Uh, and he noticed something, and he said, look, uh, liberals always seem to just spew out positions, but they never ask questions. They never actually debate. And it was a, it was a very smart observation. I, I, I really noticed that. When you ask them, um, you know, what... Uh, you know, have you, have you thought about the consequences? Have you, you know, what, what are the policies behind this? When, when you and I debate about that, we, like minimum wage, well, why, why doesn't... Why shouldn't it work? Uh, why do they think it's effective? Like I, I had a, a client of mine, um, you know, he's, he's a liberal, uh, a very nice man, but he, he said that the minimum wage should be $22 an hour. And I said, why do you say that? And he goes, because I think the economy would just zoom. And he made this gesture with his hand. And I, I thought, okay, why not $100 an hour? Why, do you, why did you say $22 an hour? Why not $22.50? Why not $32.75? What was that magic number? And, and if, you, if you came, if there was a logic behind it, what, why, does that lo, why does that number apply to everyone across the board? So, I mean, it, it was an interesting conversation. You, he'd never thought about these, these basic things. So they, they spew the positions because they've been told to spew the positions. But as, as the minute you ask them why, they, they cannot seem to, to go any further from there. Just the why. Because it's the right thing to do. Well, tell me, explain to me how it works, please. Minimum wage or affirmative action. Or any, any you choose the policy. Taxation, higher taxation, anything. There's not a single thing that they can say that they can actually, uh, that they can actually defend. Obamacare, seriously, anything. Name yeah, it. The garbage piles at the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, uh, Protesters, protest yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. What, what you, I thought you guys liked dirtier water. Why do you leave all that garbage there? <laughs> well, a good example. Um, and, and they'll just say, because we want to clean up the environment. Okay, so, so your impression is that unless we have government doing it, then there will be dirty air and, and horrible water and everything else, right? Right, okay. And, and, what has, and so private companies don't do anything. So if, if I were to show you that private companies, in fact, have done far more for the environment and cleaning the environment just by natural competition itself, would that change your mind? Well, yeah, but you can't show that. Well, can you show me otherwise? In fact, I can show you how every single time when the government has taken over that bad things have happened, okay, whether it's uh, Obamacare or otherwise. And I can show you in, in European countries where there's much greater government involvement to the extent that, that it's communist or even socialist, uh, or vice versa, that socialist, even communist, that horrible things have happened, Chernobyl being an obvious example. Okay, it's, just, it's too easy. The, the point is that they don't bother asking questions. They don't ask the why behind it. 
Never will they ask you that. And if, if we're just a position, if, if you find yourself in an argument that all you're doing all the time is to simply spouting a position, we need a fair wage. We need equal pay for equal work. Um, you name it, right? Bernie Sanders the other night in a debate with Ted Cruz. I want everyone to have access to health care. Right. Well, I want pigs to fly, too, but they're not going <laughs> to. Okay. Well, that leads to the third point. Thank you very much. A very nice segue. Okay. Because liberal positions, liberal positions are always about fantasy, whatever it is. And, and I mean it fantasy not, not in the sense that, oh, you're being unrealistic. That's not the way the world works, which is true. They also live in, a, in, in that sort of fantasy, too. But I'm talking about a literal fantasy. I'm talking about a fantasy in the same way that you and I are a, with the, you know, we're annoyed with gravity. I'm annoyed with gravity. I, yes, that's right. Why, why are you looking at it that way? I am annoyed with gravity. It's me, oppressing us. It's oppressing. Yes. I want to be let go from the shackles of gravity when I want. Okay? I now want to just kind of flap my arms and start flying across town because it's convenient for me to do so. You know, like you have in your dreams, you have these flying dreams, right? I want that to be reality. Gravity is a burden to me. And, uh, and, and who are you to oppress me from that? I have a right to fly. Not, not with an airplane, with my own body. Thank you very much, like the flying nun. That's what I, I want to be, the flying nun. Okay? So that's it. <laughs> All right. That was a good one. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. But th- that's, Remember but, that for the Sunday show. That is, right. That's really I good. I appreciate that. But, here, but that's the point, is that they go to that level. That kind of fantasy is what liberal policies, generally speaking, are all about. Because to say, for example, going to use the $22 an hour uh, example, the minimum wage, uh, that is a fantasy that is so bizarre that it, you might as well say, I expect people to be able to fly on their own. It really is the same. Because it, when you, you impose a $22 uh, minimum wage across the board and not expect that, that uh, stores and businesses will just collapse as a result of that, and the only, only Apple and McDonald's and other big corporations like those will survive. You are a moron if you believe otherwise. It's the equivalent of, of driving your car off of a cliff and thinking that you'll fly. Okay? It's, it's, that's just the way it works. So that's why I say it's fantasy. Same thing with affirmative action. If you think affirmative action helps minorities, you are living in fantasy land. Because what would, what's actually happening is that it's creating more. More racism, not less. And a lot more racism. It, it's, it's a horrible enterprise. I don't give a crap if it's well-intentioned. And I, I'm not going to go in about and say, oh, you know, the old expression that the road to hell is paved with, with um, good intentions, which is true. But it's, it's such a cliche at this point. It doesn't mean anything. You know, frig that. Okay, just frig it. I don't need your intentions. Your intentions mean nothing. Okay? If, if you know the results, and I point it out to you, then at some point, your intentions mean nothing. You know, or you should know. And we have this in law all the time. If you, if you know that the original misrepresentation, even though you thought it was an, an honest one in the beginning, and then you realize that, in fact, it's a false representation, and you say nothing about it, guess what? You are guilty of fraud for not having caught it when you knew you should have caught it. Okay? Same thing with the malicious prosecution, by the way. There's a law to that effect. You may start a complaint thinking certain facts are a certain way, and then because of discovery and you gather evidence during the case and you realize, oh my gosh, you know, my client is totally wrong about this, 
you have to bow out of the case one way or the other. Either you know, convince the client to dismiss it or get out of the case. Otherwise, you will, you will be held accountable for knowing it. And the liberals, their policies are exactly like that. You should know better. Your intentions were good in 1964. Who gives a frig? It's 50, what, three years later? 53 years later, my friend. And you're telling me that, that somehow, uh, because the, the intentions were good, and we know that the destructive results of affirmative action, that somehow that, that justifies us continuing forward with this? Same thing with school choice. You, you mentioned it previously. School choice is a... Uh, the, the, the notion that you're, you're, you're forced to be in this one lousy public school where no teacher can get fired and you can't escape the school system? How outrageous is that? And you're okay with that. And, and show me how that, that has helped anyone anywhere on the planet. So they don't ask questions. They don't engage. They'll only spew their positions. That's the way that they operate. It's always been that way. And, and no, no liberal will say, can we, can we discuss this? Can we, can we discuss the, why you were saying that? Can I, can I show you why you might be wrong? They're not interested in that. They just see you as a racist, uh, they're a greedy bastard, um, or uh, you know, a religious nut. That's it. Or Those a warmonger. You war, just, yeah, thank yeah, you. I mean, the warmonger, these, that's these right. These people who want to win wars obviously just want war. Yes, we love war. That's, that's what we're all about. We just love blood. Yeah, and, and of course, with the Berkeley example, we're the violent ones. Really? Yeah. Was, we don't get our way politically, and we create rallies where we clean up parks. They don't get their way politically, and they burn people and shoot fireworks at them yeah. and break glass and beat them with poles on TV. Yeah. I, I was, we've had this discussion before about comparing ISIS to the Nazis, and I think conclusively one must conclude that ISIS is worse than the Nazis because the Nazis at least did us the favor of doing their best to conceal their crimes. ISIS, ISIS doesn't. They put it on YouTube for all to see. Yeah. And it, it requires us, our, our uh, elitist betters, to censor the social media and the news feeds to not show us what the modern day worse than Nazis are doing. Because but, that's exactly what they would want. Right. right. Well, it's the same thing today at Berkeley. Think about this. These people know about social media. These people know about iPhones. They know there's a million cameras, both from legacy and new media, at the rallies where they're going to engage in the violent protest activity, and they do it anyway. They don't even make an effort to conceal their crimes other than maybe wear a face mask. But so what? They can't be followed by the police and you can't find their license plate? You, you know, you're wearing a face mask. Okay, when the policeman grabs you, if they're actually doing their job, handcuffs you and frog marches you to the station, they'll find out your identity. But the point is, most criminals... Throughout history, and I give them credit for this, do their best not to be caught. Yeah. It takes a really awful criminal, a real psycho, to right. do it like, you know, those arsonists who want the attention, to, to do it in a way that gets, you know, them noticed. Right. I mean, that's a new yeah. level of, of yeah, yeah. horrible low. That's right. And, and I think what both conservatives and the more reasonable liberals among us fail to understand is how monstrous this is. Yeah. This is truly dangerous. Yeah. You know, what, what do you think, Ari? Um, when, when a liberal it tells you that you're against a minimum wage, how could you, right? And the, the how could you is a rhetorical question, of course. They put you on the defensive. How would you respond to that? 
Like, how, how can you be against the minimum wage? Don't you want a better living wage for everybody? And, and how would you respond? No, I don't want a better minimum wage. You know what I want? I want everyone to be rich. I don't want people earning minimum wage. I want people earning maximum wages. I want rich wealth, prosperity, well, minimum massive wage, prosperity. They'll say minimum wage gets you to that point. It, it, it creates a middle class. It's not oh, really? Class. So uh, uh, paying a, a, not being able to pay a kid to have an after-school job because there's a $22.50 minimum wage at the supermarket is going to fast-track him to wealth? Right. Making someone unemployed is fast-tracking them to wealth? No, fast-tracking them to uh, with with the restrictions of the minimum wage or all that government control is fast-tracking them to government dependence. You see, I, I like your arguments, but you know your arguments really well. For those conservatives who don't know it as well as you just w- was able to, to, to describe it, I like to just throw it back at them and to say, tell me how the minimum wage creates wealth for anybody. Well, Tell me. Well, actually, hold on there. For conservatives who are not yet blessed with the rhetorical flourish of us, you have to listen to the Barack Lurie podcast, <laughs> the Barack Lurie radio show on Sundays, read all the sites we post on our social media, and listen to the R. David show, and after about a year, you'll be able to do this too. I'm self-taught by talk radio. That's I didn't right. go to college for this. <laughs> That's great. You really don't need to go to colleges for for this. In fact, they'll tell you the, they'll teach you the opposite. They'll they'll right. drum it right out of you because critical thinking is just not important to, to them at all. That's right, and they'll also tell you that the, engaging in this kind of thing is offensive, and we must respect people's safe spaces. Where which a safe space is a place where a liberal can beat you up and get yeah, physical with right. you. That's right. There's yeah, no but, there's but no the such thing is, as a space. I don't spa- cut them, a real safe space. Right. I don't cut them any quarter. And and if they say, well, uh, give me an argument about why school choice is bad. Yeah, uh, school choice. Don't you want? Uh, sorry, teachers why, unions. Why, you know, why, why don't you want to support teachers? Why are you against uh, teachers? Uh, teachers are are the fabric of our society, and they help educate our kids. They're overpaid and they do a crappy job. I support children, not teachers. The schools exist for the kids, not the teachers. Okay. We have way too many <laughs> teachers and not enough educated kids. If the teachers were doing a good job, we'd pay them. They're not. They deserve to be fired. Get rid of them. Right. Competition is how we improve that. That's right. Yeah, and, oh, it's, it's, and you're a racist if you don't support my position. So, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Boom. I like it. Boom. All right. So, so this kind of leads a little bit to uh, the next topic, which I, I thought we might explore, and indeed we're going to explore. You watched the Super Bowl last Sunday. Okay. We're talking about the Super Bowl. What date it was so for ease of reference? That would be on February, February 5th, 5th, 2017, okay. right. Super Bowl 51 in Houston. Okay, so Patriots beat the Falcons. It was a very incredible game. It'll go down in the history books, but I'm not talking about that. As you know, there are many commercials, and the commercials are themselves an event to watch. People. This is one of the few times people don't leave to go to the bathroom during... Uh, the, the commercials because they're new, they're usually quite good, or at least they're controversial or, or engaging. Okay, and there were quite a few good ones that, that, that were fun. I like the Melissa McCarthy one. I thought that was very funny. Um, but nevertheless, there was a commercial by Audi. Okay, you've seen it. There's a couple of them, I think. But I'm talking about the one where there was a, a little girl who was in a derby race, a, a soap, uh, sorry, a, a derby race with other boys, and. The whole message of it was, and there was a narrative, and there was violins playing, and it was just very soft. Um, The actual sound of the derbies was actually muted in the background because, more importantly, was the voice of the father of this daughter as she's wheeling her way down with the forces of gravity, making her win, and she's 
in overcoming all these obstacles and these mean boys who are trying to destroy her, right? And she wins through her uh, perseverance and ingenuity, right? That's, that's the message. And while this is all happening, this race is happening, the father's voice resonates and it says, what shall I tell my, my, my daughter that, that her grandfather was worth more than her grandmother? That her father was worth more than her mother? Uh, that that uh, every male that she encounters is somehow more important and more valuable than she is? You know, but, but like these rhetorical questions, you know, okay. So it goes on. And then, of course, she wins the derby. And as she goes to the wonderful Audi, of course, because that's what there's apparently it's a car commercial. Who knew? Right. <laughs> and, and as she does go to the car, she looks at the camera with this kind of wink and a smile like she knows she knows better. She's bested the boys. Right. So and, and the tagline at the end of it, uh, we support equal pay for equal work. I think I'm think I'm pretty much quoting it. If, it. if it's not an exact quote, then it's a, a very good paraphrase. To which I say, who the hell thinks that this is really an issue? Because nobody does. And who the hell says this has anything to do with, with a car? Why should we buy your friggin' car? Because it makes us feel good because you had a commercial that says something about supporting equal pay, equal work, whatever that means. Right? I mean, it, it was a bizarre thing. Yeah, what kind of car commercial thinks that the idiots from the Women's March two weeks ago are watching football? <laughs> well, that's true, too. <laughs> good point. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, they're not interested in that. But, but, but it's a good point. But still, the, the message was a, a simplistic one. We support equal pay for equal work. There is the position, and if you don't support that position, you're evil, you're misogynist, and you're probably homophobic, too. Whatever, <laughs> okay? You're all those things that they, all the adjectives that they love to spew out of you because you don't hold the position. Liberalism is all about positions. It's not about logic. It's about the position you hold. And logic is, is, a, is a different animal. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like uh, trying to um, play a, a beta video in a, a VHS recorder, right, to use an old comparison or, or anything else, to use a, you know, Mac software on a PC. It, it's not going to work. They don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. It's not about positions. It's, it is about logic at some point. And when you try to phrase, you know, to pull them out of their position, to explain their position, they won't be able to do it. But why do we do that? See, oh, wait, 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 wait. Because I have yeah. more fun oh, on this. Fine. Okay. One of the things that I am concerned about as a parent, and I know you are too, is, you know, you want to raise, one of, one of my imperatives is to make sure that my kids don't believe this crap. Okay, because it's I will I will feel like I have not failed as a parent, but I have uh, misstepped. I've, I've I've done something wrong as a parent if I could, if I could not articulate conservatism to them in a meaningful way. Okay, I, I don't want. I mean, I, I think a lot of parents raise their kids conservative. God bless them, and they they simply tell them, listen, this is who we vote for. These are the good guys. Can you believe uh, Hillary Clinton? Well, she's not all that and all that stuff. And, and I understand that. But you're not giving them the wisdom, the, the, the reason to vote conservative. And with my kids, I ask questions all the time. Uh, the minimum wage is such a good example. I, I always say this. Minimum wage is, is so emblematic of liberalism and, and all that's wrong with liberalism, right? Because it, 
It has so many bad consequences and so many good intentions. And it's so unnatural. It is literally the core, everyone gets a trophy policy. Right. It, it, and it violates every notion of economics and, and capitalism. That's why I, I always kind of end up with minimum wage because it's, so, it's, it's inherently evil. And it also comes from an evil racist ideology. That's where it stands from. But, oh, they, they, they won't admit to that, not for a moment. They'll, they'll talk about the Southern strategy, Nixon's so-called Southern strategy, you know, and how racist it was. But they won't talk about minimum wage and it's, and, and it's early racist. Yeah, uh, and, that's, and that's another one we can't let them go because the Southern strategy was anything but racist. Exactly right. It was exactly the opposite right. of racist. Exactly, so exactly they, right. When they tell, just for you out there, when they talk about that, tell them to shove it too. Right. And, and, they'll, and then they'll ignore the, the fact that the Democrats were the party of the KKK and all the things that we know, that they were the party of slavery and that somehow <laughs> they're not the party of slavery anymore. Uh, but that's another issue. I, I, what I love to do is to talk to my kids about the why. And so I tell them, let's pretend you're a pizza owner, a, a, a pizza shop owner. And, you know, you're just a mom and pop. You're, it's a small place and you have five employees. And you've been paying them about $10 an hour. And if they're lucky, they get some tips and so on and so on. And, and you've gotten to really like them. They like you. You're a good boss and everything else. Your profits are about this. And I'm making a, you know, fingers with my thumb and about my, my ring. About an inch. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a tiny amount. And any real disruption in business uh, can really be bad. For example, a disruption such as jury duty. Okay? Suddenly you're called as the boss. Uh, and you, you make all the major decisions. You're the boss, and now you have to step out for a jury duty for two or three weeks. Devastating to your business. Devastating. Okay, You will lose money that month. But, it, but it's only for that month. If you can float that month, you, you'll be okay. But you still have lost money. But, but then the minimum wage comes along. And that's not just for a month. That's forever. With promises of greater increases over time. That's a big problem. Okay, And, and you're going to lose money. So I turn to my kids and I say, what happens when that little inch that, I, did, that I, I reflected with my fingers, that disappears? And in fact, it flips over and now you're actually losing money if you, can, if you actually have to pay this to those five employees. What do you do, son or daughter? What do you do? And they came up with the answers so quickly. I was so proud of them. And they're young because it is so easy. And they said, well, I, I suppose... You'd have to increase the, the cost of your pizzas. I said, yep, that's one thing. And you might have to fire some people. I said, yeah. Or, or a combination of the two. You're going to have to figure something if you want to stay afloat as a business. They got it. They got it right away. And I did the same thing with affirmative action. I did the same thing with higher taxes. I did the same thing with the regulations. Uh, you know, the chilling of, 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 of business and everything else. I showed my kids... When, when it was every Friday, I, I pay all my bills that are due. I'd like to be current. And, I, and I, I, sh I see, I have my kids watch me write checks. So this is the check to uh, the rent. This is the check for the state that I have to pay for my taxes. So this is the check for my business equipment tax that I have to pay. This is my, my check for the Westlaw research that I have to use. This is the, and here's the checks for my employees. So they understand that there's a cost to doing business. And I'm taking all that risk. Here's a check for my liability insurance. Right? And they see these numbers. And they're shocked. They think it's just money coming in and that I don't pay anything else. But now they know. Now it makes sense to them at the end of the day. 
And they also develop an understanding of when you go to a store and they see a toy, Daddy, can we have this? And you might say yes, you might say no. It doesn't matter, but they have an appreciation for what it took for you to be able to buy that. To get that money, that's right. So, and it's one thing that my my parents didn't quite do with us. Um, Maybe they were right, maybe they were wrong. Um, Maybe they were better to not tell me how the money came in. But... I, I feel that it's a good idea to tell kids, at least if you want to raise them conservatively, to see the business, to make them understand, you know, there are costs to doing business, that you, you, you invest in the business. That's a cost. And it also, this is very important for conservatism, we as conservatives believe in this notion of freedom, but we understand freedom does not necessarily mean financial freedom or that things are free, i.e. no cost. Of course, of course. There's it's, a it's, big difference. Yeah. When you hear a Bernie Sanders talk and he talks about things being free and your rights, he conflates these two very separate oh, of things. But let me, let me get back to the Audi commercial because, as I said, I'd like to explain it and communicate with my kids because I don't want to be that conservative parent who simply told the kids, you know, Bush is the, good, is the guy to vote for. And uh, and and then Trump is the the guy to vote for, and so on. I, I, you know, and these, these senators are good, and those senators are bad. Y- you know, you could do that, but you won't hold your child. He, he'll be right. easily it swayed. It doesn't answer the why. It doesn't answer the why. He, he, you'll be like Luke Skywalker, who doesn't, whose whose Jedi training is not yet complete, right? That's the whole point, and that's that's the reason why Yoda wanted him to hold back because he would otherwise be tempted by the dark side of the Force. The dark side, of course, being liberalism, progressivism, and all the crap that they call it, you know, that they, they pretend to make it good. So I did another thing. I played that Audi commercial for them. I went to YouTube, and I played it over and over again. And I said, kids, write down for me. And whoever writes wins. Okay, we get a little prize. I mean, it made it fun. Write down for me all the things that are wrong about the statements in this commercial, big and small. And then tell me what they want you to believe in this commercial. Okay? And I did it. Uh, and then they wrote it down furiously, fast and furious. It was really great how they did it. And they came up with, large, by and large, what I consider the right answers. But the big picture is that they want you to associate their car with being really wonderful to women. And you should buy their car for it. And I wanted them to be cynical about it. Okay? Not that this is a lovely commercial, isn't this great? No, they want you to buy their car, and they think that somehow by, by, by kowtowing to uh, women or this woman's issue, that therefore it's a good thing, and that, that, they, that you'll buy their car. They got that. They also got the notion that this is garbage. What are they talking about? The, the whole question itself, what should I tell my daughter that their, their father is more valuable than their mother? No one said that. This is an issue out of nowhere, out of thin air. That's like saying, I'm worried about not getting enough oxygen today. There's, don't worry. You'll be okay. Right? When you woke up this morning, you didn't say, where shall I get my oxygen? Oh, wherever shall I get it? I just opened the window. <coughs> there it came. Surprise, right? But they wanted to make this issue as if somehow you're in deep trouble. It's, it's like there was a great Simpsons episode. What, here we go again with Simpsons, right? But it was actually very telltale about what I'm, what I'm talking about. Where Montgomery Burns, because he, he, he has the nuclear power plant, right? And he wants to control all the energy. And if he could, he wants to do everything he can to do it. So what does he do? He, he puts this huge sunblock over the entire, entire town so that it's nighttime perpetually. And the people have to use the, lights. use the lights. 
and it's always on. So the energy is, is even more. It's, it's totally a making a problem for the purpose of offering a solution. And it was, it was hysterical, the premise itself, right? It's so, so evil itself. But, but, but that's, what they, that's what liberals do, right? They, they create this big sunblock. They say that, oh, my gosh, there's this issue of, you know, people are not valuing women as much as men. And whatever shall we tell our daughters? As if this is a problem. As if anyone is talking like this. As if boys are not the ones suffering. Boys are. But it's like, oh my God. It's like, it's like when Obama told Romney, you know, uh, the, the 80s are calling and they want their foreign policy back. Remember that? Like, hey, guess what? The 40s are calling. <laughs> the 1940s. And they, they want their, their claim of, of women's suffrage back. Okay. It's not relevant today. It doesn't exist today. Okay, and 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 putting aside the fact that women don't want the same thing that men want, it's it's such garbage. Look, the fact that a woman wants to, to you know, she 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 doesn't necessarily prioritize full time work like you and I do. Okay, you and I, we, we have no choice but but to be full time in our work. Right, you've got to hustle up the money to bring home to your wonderful wife and your two lovely daughters. And they count on you. Your wife, by contrast, uh, can say, look, I, you know, if, if she can, she says, I'd rather be at home. I, this is an important job and I'll do part time. But I don't have to be the full, fully uh, the, the one that, that the family fully relies on. OK, she has that option. And if she, if she even if she can't do it, she has the option and society allows her to have that option. And the, two of my um, my female uh, attorneys they wanted kids, and I gave them flex time, okay? And that's okay. But a man would never even think about that. But it doesn't mean that I value them less. On the contrary, I value them equally because I'm, I'm respecting the fact that they want to be mothers. It, it burns me up so much, that, this issue. But putting that all aside, all the issues are just non-existent. This notion of whatever shall I tell tell my my daughter? And by the way, and then I turned down the last time I said we're going to do it even more. One more time we'll show this, and we stopped it every ten seconds to see if there's something wrong with this, because these commercials are very well placed. They have all sorts of little hidden messages all the time. So I turned down the volume completely, and just watched it visually, and we saw so many other things that popped up. First of all, the boys that were competing against her. She was the only girl, okay? And the boys that are com uh, competing against her in the soap derby, box race, whatever they call it, they're, they're fat and ugly and mean-looking, right? And one of them, before the racing begins, does the uh, you know, finger uh, below his neck thing to suggest that he's... And, and pointing to her as if he's going to get her and destroy her because, you know, he, she is such a threat to him, right? As if that's, that's an issue these days. Um, and then you see her passing by one of the boys, and the boy is like, flummoxed, flummoxed, I say, that a girl could have possibly passed him. This is outrageous. And then uh, another boy, yet another boy, tries to cheat and tries to you know, do a Ben-Hur thing you know, with the, the wheels, trying to you know, put spokes into her wheels, but she manages to definitely avoid this, this obstacle and maneuver around him and even get further ahead of him as a result. Ha-ha! And, uh, you know, and he's now hoisted by his own petard. And then, of course, she goes by the glorious finish and she wins. It, it rattles me because it's so disingenuous. It, it, it tries to, to inflict a position upon my children. 
and tell them that this is an issue that, 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 that the girls are suffering. And it bothers me. And the kids picked up on it. Not what I, what I was thinking. They saw the disingenuous nature of this. They were cynical. And it was okay to be critical thinkers. That's what I want for my children. And I think it's the best way to get your kids to be critical thinkers as well. Do you, and I know you do that. Yeah. Like, for instance, um, when we watch commercials, I'll always say to the kids, what are they trying to do here? Yeah. What are they trying to sell you? That's right. What do they want you to think? Yeah. When we were, and then I reverse it because I think it's very important you empathize with other people's positions because that's a core of conservatism. The reason I care about the female genital mutilation issue is because I'm empathizing with women who right. are tormented in third world countries. So we were in a Best Buy and I said to my daughter, see those refrigerators? We're in like the aisle of refrigerators. I said, sell that one to me. Try to sell it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see these people who are working here? They're trying to earn a living by selling refrigerators. It's one of the hardest things you can do, sell, selling something to someone, getting someone to trust you enough to part with their money. Right. So practice selling this one to me. Now sell that one to me. Mm-hmm. See what it's like trying. Now do you understand why they make commercials? Because they're trying to sell you something. Right. You know, because there's the other side too. What, one thing about the. Well, but, but then, also, then you parlay it into the politics of it. They're trying to sell you something also. <clears throat> they're trying to tell you they're, they're selling positions and they, and and if you don't have something i mean i'll never forget this and, uh, and i'll bring this up and i want to return to what you said but going back to cars <clears throat> i remember once i was in the market for a car a new car and i was looking at the time between a lexus and um and the high end uh well not the high end but it was a regular infinity and a beamer bmw and i and I went to these different places. And by the way, don't be too impressed. I, I was going to the mid-level ranges of these cars, not necessarily the, the high-end ones. But I, I thought it'd be cool, kind of cool to have a Lexus or one of those cars. And I, I went to the Lexus. I liked it very much. I thought it was a nice car. I went to the Infiniti. I thought it was a nice car, too. I went to the Beamer dealership, the BMW de- dealership, and I tested it out. I think it was the 300 series. Comparable car. And the engine just didn't feel like it was a strong enough engine compared to the Lexus. And I looked at the numbers and everything else, the horsepower and the, the, the liters and so on, and the feel of the car itself. And, I, and after I drove it and I said, you know, it's the same price. And yet it seems like the Lexus has more power, better maneuverability. This is just my impression, my opinion, right? It just seemed that way to me. And the numbers just seemed better for the Lexus. You know, why should I buy the Beamer? And he said, well, you, you don't have to buy it. But then again, that would mean you, you wouldn't be driving off a lot with a Beamer. And I said, that's not a good argument for me. You think that I'm going to buy this because I want a Beamer, a BMW, that, that somehow this I'm going to impress people? You want me to pay more for this car, which is obviously, in my mind, a lesser car, and pay the same amount that I would pay for a better car because I want to be able to say I'm driving a BMW. That is not a good argument. And he goes, well, you don't have to buy it. I said, and I won't. And I left. You know, it was a polite, a polite exchange, but that may work with somebody, but, but not, it ain't working with me. And I thought to myself, this is the way it is with liberalism. This is the way they, they present themselves. You know, you, yeah, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but you ain't compassionate. You ain't, you know, you ain't caring 
Yeah, basically what you exposed is the reality that, no, we don't buy the sizzle. We buy the steak. Yeah, that's right. We, we, thank you very much. That's right. We buy the steak. And, and don't give me the sizzle. Don't tell me that great stuff is going to happen and that we're finally going to have equal pay for equal work as if that's a problem, right? Or that we're finally going to rectify all race relations as if that's a problem really, a, a serious problem anymore. Uh, or, or that somehow the government is not doing enough of its uh, that it could and that you know we need to expand more of it. it all these things these are just you know not just feelings but they're, they're positions they take and no one calls them to task and this is the time we need to call them to task and and Trump you know look for all his frailties and weaknesses and thin skinness that he has one thing that liberals don't like about him that that you and I like very much about him is that he calls out the media every time they try to give a BS question that's loaded. He'll respond back saying, BS. That's right. He doesn't let any of those go through, and he wins because he has truth on his side. That's right. right. And he calls it out. He says, that's fake news. You know it. Next question. Yeah, and and about this commercial, this Audi commercial, isn't it interesting as if equal pay for equal rights and equal this and equal effort? uh, We're not talking about being equal here. That's not important. What's important is we strive for excellence. Isn't it important for women to make more than men because they see themselves as competing with men and others to be excellent? Right. Don't we? That's that's sort of my point about the minimum wage. I want everyone to be wealthy. Everyone can be wealthy. This isn't right. this isn't a finite pie. Everyone can be excellent. Yes, some will be more excellent than others. But isn't that a good problem to have? Right. And, and exactly right. And it's it's such a it's such a classic example of not thinking things through. Right. Let's imagine a world where they passed a law. By the way, there already is a law that that's been passed. I think 1953 that said that women have to be treated equally. Uh, as they were men, you should not discriminate against a woman. And that would include, of course, uh, not paying her as much as you would a man for exactly the same work, right? But let's say that they're going to somehow put that on steroids and make a new law, and they'll call it Title 29 instead of Title 9. I don't care. And now the law is that everything has to be exactly equal. Okay. Who's going to enforce this? How is that going to be enforced? I mean, really, I would like, I'd like that to be, to be answered, what are you going to do? Are you going to have somebody at everyone's business? At my law firm, for example, we have women here and we have men here. What are you going to do? Are you going to have somebody just kind of making sure that, okay, okay that person worked. Okay, she, so she worked four hours today and this man worked 4.5 hours today. So it makes sense that he makes 4.5. Okay, she puts in a little, you know, the, the enforcer puts it on tally sheet. And then, of course, putting aside the fact that it's not just hours, of course, it's also output and efficiency and quality of the writing and the effectiveness of the results, right? But no, no, no. Everyone is, is in, in the liberal's mind, everyone is making pizza. And all pizzas are the same, by the way. Okay? And they're just exactly the same. You're just, you're just generating out, uh, what, what do they call it? Widgets. Yeah. Widgets it's are the same. Everything. pizzas from DiGiorno. Yeah. It's, it's all the same. That's right. Okay? And, but what if, what if that woman uh, making the pizzas is generating, let's say, only 10 DiGiorno pizzas per hour, and the guy is is generating 15 pizzas per hour, and it's exactly the same pizza, just as good, uh, but you know they're being paid per hour, and you're paying him, I don't know, $15 an hour, and her $13 an hour. Crime, violation of this, you know, the, the fictional Title 29 that we just mentioned, perhaps I don't know. How are you going to do this? How are you going to force it? 
and who's going to pay for the enforcement? And, and can you imagine the the evidentiary monster that that would that would result from this in court? You're going to take that to court now? How how do you establish that? And is a feel goodism sort of thing? Is it, what, what is the the lot? Okay, well then again, we're trying truly, we're trying to figure out purpose yeah. and logic within a liberal tr- policy, right? And it truly, just ain't happening. It's truly spinal tap thinking. But these go to eleven. Yes. Or as you said, but I don't like gravity. Or but I want pigs to fly. Or right. I want everyone to have health care. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. We all want these things. And and that's another. That actually is a great sort of final point in all this. Establish when you argue with the liberals that yes, we all want the same thing. Yeah. Okay. And if they don't want the same thing as you, they are the problem. Right. Oh. You don't want excellence in society. You don't want everyone to be happy, wealthy, and wise. You don't want people to get good educations because you want to just give money to teachers' union. You don't want people to earn maximum amounts of money because you want to stick them with minimum amounts of money. You want a government grown out of control because it can't rein in its spending because it can just purloin all the tax money it wants. Purloin. I I love that word. Purloin. Say it again. Purloin. <sighs> is, I, 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 thought we all had, I thought we had something in common here. I thought we wanted women to keep their magic buttons and not lose it to the Arab blade. Yes, oh, that's so true. Look, uh, it, it, you can try to search for commonality, but they're not interested in commonality. They are interested in positions, and they are interested in making you outside of their position, and therefore they've got an easy answer. You evil. You racist, you greedy, you 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 whatever. Okay, I think you have to put B in there. You be evil, you be racist. <laughs> whatever. Yes, I mean, you, know. you equals you know racist. Yeah. You e- equals great greedy. You equal um, um, uh, warmongering, like you said. A yeah. good example, and 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 that's the only way they can they can think. This is they are so cartoonish in their thinking, and the best the, the proof positive of this Ari is that when you ex- try to explain to them the basics of let's say God for that matter or uh, evolution, or the, the law of supply and demand, for example. You try to explain that to them. And they say, I don't know. All I know is that about half the economists and half the scientists, or at least half, they would disagree with you. And, and I would say, that's not a good answer. You are holding a very strong, vehement position, and you're calling me greedy or otherwise, racist and so on. You better have backup for that charge. You better know what kind of SHIT you believe in yourself if you are holding this position. Okay, so get with the program. Find out why you believe what you claim to believe. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you next week. <laughs>